You're listening to the Crate and Thrive podcast. I'm Jess Van Den, and this is episode 256. Today's episode is also available on my YouTube channel, so if you'd prefer to watch it as well as listen to it, you can do that over at youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den. A big shout out to all the members of my membership community for Makers, the Thrivers Circle. Without you, this podcast wouldn't be possible, so I really appreciate your support. I don't run ads on the show. I rely solely on the support of my students in the Thriver Circle and uh, the people who purchase my courses and ebooks. So if you would like to find out more about what I have to offer, head on over to careandthrive.com and click on the shop tab. Uh, there's also uh, shop critiques that I offer there. So a micro critique and a full shop critique. If you've been looking for someone to cast an expert eye over your shop and give you feedback on that, I can totally do it. That's available over at Crate and Thrive. Just click on the shop tab. And if you'd like to get access to my Your Year to Thrive year-long course that will teach you everything you need to know to start and grow a handmade business, you can find out more about that over at youryeartothrive.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get on with the show. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hi there. So today I wanted to talk about five books that will help you be more productive. They've helped me massively be more productive and I have four of them here. The fifth one is on Kindle, so I don't have a physical copy of it. Uh, I bought that before I decided that I really prefer having my (laughs) non-fiction books in actual book form. So I'm going to talk about these five books give you kind of the top highlights and takeaways and how I think they will help you as well. So book number one is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, this has been the top of multiple different uh, best-selling lists for a long time now and for good reason. It's an excellent, excellent book if you have trouble uh, breaking bad habits and trouble making good new habits, this is definitely a book you want to read. So he begins the book by talking about why small habits, hence the atomic in the title, it means small as in atoms, how small habits can really compound over time and turn into big changes. And this is kind of the thing that's underpinning his whole philosophy is that stop trying to make these big, enormous sweeping changes and focus on the small things and then add more small things. And then eventually you'll discover that you have completely transformed yourself. James is really big on systems over goals, which is something that I have definitely incorporated into my life over the last few years and is really, really powerful because you're not focusing on the end point. You're focusing on how to change the day to day, how to change what you do every single day in order to perhaps then reach a goal in the end. But the point is not the goal. The point is the change you make along the way. Uh, For an example, like imagine you want to get fitter or lose weight or something like that, right? You might have a specific goal, but you can't just magic your way to that goal. What will matter and what will actually make that happen is the small changes that you make every single day. And those are the things that will make the uh, result happen in the end. Same with running a business, you know, (laughs) you can 
muck around and do stuff, but it's not until you put systems in place so that you are doing the work every single day, every single week for years and years that you will finally find success. Another thing I love about this book is he asks you to focus on who you want to become rather than what you want to achieve. I think this is a really interesting and important mindset shift because you're not externalizing. You're not looking out there to see, oh, I want to achieve these things. You're looking inwards and going, well, actually, what's the point of achieving these things if I don't change as a person? Like, what am, why am I doing this? What is the point of doing these things I want to do? How is it going to improve myself? How is it going to improve my life? So he makes you really contemplate that aspect of things and look inwards and go, okay, how can I make myself better and therefore make my life better? In other words, your identity emerges out of your habits. Habits are so incredibly powerful. We met something like 50% of what we do every day. The quote, the numbers are in the book. I think it's around 50% of what we do every day are habitual actions. So you really are your habits. The habits you have on a daily basis are who you are and what you do with your time and your life. And you really want to think about that. Like the way I spend my days, the habits I have, are they good habits? Are they the habits I want to have? Are they the habits that make me the person I want to be? And I think that's a really good way of looking at things. So a quote from the book is, every action you take is a vote on the sort of person you want to become. So in the book, he outlines four laws or rules of behavior change. The first one is make it obvious. The second one is make it attractive. The third is make it easy. And the fourth is make it satisfying. And every one of these laws actually has the inverse as well. So we've got make it invisible, make it unattractive, uh, make it difficult and make it unsatisfying. And he goes into great detail about how to enact each one of those laws in order to improve your good habits and reduce or remove your bad habits. So if you struggle to create good systems and habits in your work and personal life, this is a book that you want to read. So go get your hands on Atomic Habits. The second book is this one. It is Make Time, How to Focus on What Matters Every Day by Jake Knapp and John Zeratsky. This is a great little workbook uh, and that's how you want to think about it because it's it does have an overarching um, kind of theme to it, but basically it's a um, pick and choose or choose your own adventure version of a time management self-help book. Jake and John have really created a system and then given you a workbook of tactics that you can use as part of this system in order to be more productive, more focused throughout your workday. So the system is as follows. I'll show you a quick picture of it there. You have a highlight, you have laser, you have reflect, and then you have energize, and then you go around back to the beginning again. So the highlight is basically the thing you're going to be focusing on this particular day. It's kind of the number one thing you really need to get done. Then using laser, uh, the strategies or the tactics in that section, that's the actual sort of meat of it, like the time management strategies. What are the things that can help you focus well so that you can actually get your highlight completed in the time that you've set for it. And then attached to that is energized. So they give you a whole bunch of different strategies on how to, you know, make sure you have the energy to get your work done. There's some great stuff in there as well. And then finally reflect. So a whole bunch of strategies on how to look back on what you've done. How effective was it? Um, did you get your highlight achieved? 
and more work on top of that as well. And then you go back to the beginning again tomorrow and start the process all over again. So what they say is, you know, there's no one right or wrong way here to do your time management. Try all these different things, like see what works for you. Experiment. Every single day is a new chance to try this procedure and work through it and then go the next day and try it again. And like every single one of these four areas, they give you a heap of tactics that you can try in order to see what works for you. Basically, if you want the bumper book of time management tactics, this is the book for you. It does, as I said, have that overarching system that they've used to put everything together. So that does help give some structure to it. But, you know, it's definitely a book you could just pick up, kind of flip to a page and go, oh, let's try that one today. The next book is a classic, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. This is probably the first like self-help uh, businessy book that I ever read. My dad gave it to me when I started university and I devoured it and used it and loved it. And I still use and, and kind of have incorporated some of the strategies from this book into my life and my work to this day. Things like the Eisenhower Matrix, uh, the Circle of Control, which comes from Stoicism originally. Uh, there's some really awesome strategies in this book. So Stephen starts this book by discussing paradigms and principles, which is really, really nice. One of the things that I remember taking away from this was the idea of a paradigm shift, like the way you view something affects how you actually see it and how it impacts your life. And that's a really powerful thing. I remember my maths teacher in like grade 11 or 12 used this and he must, I don't know if he got it from this, but I think he must have, um, he would stand outside the door before we went into class and goes, okay, I want you to shift your paradigm. If you're not looking forward to maths, if you think it's boring and terrible, shift your paradigm and shift how you think about it. We're going to have fun today and we're going to learn some things, um, which, you know, is a bit corny, but it, you know, I remember it to this day. So it had some sort of impact, right? I was not a huge fan of maths. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't my favorite subject. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that idea of a paradigm shift is a powerful one to take away as well. And I think that goes into life in general. You know, the way we frame something in our life can really impact how it affects us. So an example for a business owner, like say you launch a product and it flops. It just does like it makes no sales or it does terribly. How do you feel about that? Like your initial... um kind of instinct might be to go, oh my God, that was such a waste of time. It was terrible. Why did I bother? I'll never do this again. Like I should just give up. I would suggest you shift your paradigm and go, okay, why didn't this work? Like what was it about this product or the launch? Something like I, something wasn't right. I didn't maybe connect with my ideal customers properly. I didn't market it enough. Uh, maybe it just wasn't the right product at the right time. There could be heaps of different reasons and see it as a learning experience. My goodness, when I started my jewelry business, Ethereal, um, in 2008, since like in the part, I'd say in the first five years, I was consistently experimenting with different styles and different techniques and different materials. I had some product launches that went really, really well. I had some that weren't terrible, like nobody bought anything. <laughs> So if I'd let that stop me, I wouldn't be where I am today. I just learned from it. I went, okay, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? It's been a learning experience. Awesome. I know what not to do next time. Let's move on. And that's the best thing you can do when it comes to business is see all of those failures as steps on the way to success because you've learned something, you've made a mistake, you've learned from it, and you can move on. 
Okay, so after he talks about this paradigms and principles section, he goes into uh, two more sections really, the private victory and the public victory. And that's where he breaks down the seven habits. So number one, be proactive. Number two, begin with the end in mind. Number three, put first things first. And then in public victory, we've got think win-win, seek first to understand, then be understood, um, and then synergize. And then the final habit is sharpen the saw. Sharpen the saw is definitely something I learned and took away from me as well from this book. It's the idea that you want to take time to reflect and renew yourself. Like, especially in today's culture where everybody seems to be go, go, go all the time. I've never been like that. I've never been interested in being like that. There's been periods in my business and in my life where, you know, I've ended up doing that and then realized it was a really bad idea uh, because we all need that downtime. We all need time to take care of ourselves so that we can keep going and keep being productive in our work lives. So I think that's a really valuable one to take away. This book really is in-depth. It challenges you to think about your life holistically. Like it's not just about work. Uh, He talks about your entire life and sees work as just a part of your life and talks about all the other aspects and elements of life as well. So it's very kind of philosophical and in-depth in that way. And I think that's one of the really wonderful things about this book. It's not just like, you know, um, this one – Sure, there's some of that sort of philosophy ideas, but it's it's very much here's tactics and strategies to use, whereas this one is, yeah, I'm going to give you some tactics and strategies, hence the seven habits, but I really, what I really want you to do is think deeply about what you want to do with your life, how you want to spend your time. This book is over 30 years old. Uh, it's, I think, just as relevant now as it ever was, and I would always recommend it as a really good book to help you be more productive. Basically, if you're looking for a more holistic approach to time management, like you want to look at your life as a whole and then time management is kind of a part of that, then this is a book for you. Okay, so this is the book I've read most recently, Deep Work by Cal Newport. I only just finished this actually. I still got the bookmark in it. Let's take that out. (laughs) It was at the end of the book. So this is a really great book if you struggle to focus and concentrate and you feel like all you're ever doing is surface level busy work in your business, uh, this is the book you need. Uh, Cal's quite well known in this space because he kind of practices what he preaches. He's very prolific and he issues social media. He's not on social media, which these days is really rare for an author because you know most authors use social media to promote themselves and he talks about He talks about that in this book amongst many, many other nuggets of wisdom. So I'm going to read the quote uh, as how he defines deep work. Professional activities performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limit. These efforts create new value, improve your skill, and are hard to replicate. So basically, not the surface level filling orders, answering emails, Instagram, whatever. It's the deep work. It's the creative inspiring work that only you can do the stuff that makes you you the stuff that makes your business different the things that set you apart so for creatives and artists it's going to be your artistic work and for academics professionals it's going to be whatever that work is that is the core of what you are trying to do so 
He breaks this book up into two sections, basically. Number one is the idea and part two is the rules. So in the first part, he talks about why deep work is valuable, rare and meaningful. And then in the rules, his four rules are work deeply, embrace boredom, quit social media and drain the shallows. And, you know, you might be like, whoa, like, you know, I don't want to quit social media. For example, um, I don't embracing boredom. What? <laughs> but he talks about it in a very eloquent way and is very convincing now. And he's also not anti those things. Like he's not anti social media. He just says, maybe you need to rethink how you interact with this and how you use it. Do you really need to? Like the way you are using it, the time you are spending on it, is it actually making a difference? Is it adding value to your life and to your work? Or is it taking you away from your work? This book was really great for me because it kind of reinforced a lot of the stuff I had already learnt in on my own and that I was already doing. Things like, you know, taking digital sabbaticals, um, reducing the impact of social media on my life through things like turning off all my notifications uh, and being really mindful of the time that I spend on social media when it comes to work. Not quite so good about it when it comes to personal life, but I go through phases <laughs> where I'm like, I'm spending too much time doing this when I could be doing some sort of more meaningful downtime activity rather than scrolling on Twitter, right? Although this past year has made it really hard to avoid that sort of thing. Um, so basically, you know, those are the elements of what I've incorporated. I also have um, monthly planning days where I ignore everything and just work deeply on my business, like looking forward planning, vision planning, working on projects that are going to move my business forward. I do basically a month so far, I think I've done this for about three or four years now, where I take a month off every year from uh, putting out content to actually plan and think deeply about the sort of work that I want to do, the sort of content I want to share, the value I want to give, and what I want to put out there into the world. And because I really, I find it really difficult to do that as part of the day to day when you, you know, busy running your business. I've got two businesses I'm running. Um, I've got a pod, two podcasts, a YouTube channel. You know, there's a lot going on and it can be hard to carve out that time on a daily basis for that sort of deep planning work. So I have ways that I've worked out to make it. And he talks about that. It's really great. He gives all these examples of different ways you can incorporate deep work into your life. Like, do you need to go to a cabin in the woods for three months to write your book? (laughs) Or can you set aside two hours every single day to do deep work? Like there's so many different ways you could be doing it. And he gives you all those ideas and options in this book. So this book is littered with many ideas and ways about how to do more deep work while also having a life. Like he's very strong on putting limits and constraints around your work. Even if you are passionate about your work, he's definitely passionate about his work, but he's like, I finish work at 5.30 every day. I don't work on weekends. I make time for the rest of my life and my family and other things. So it's really important that I do deep work when I have the time to do it. So I really like that because that very much resonates with me and how I feel about my work. I love my work, but I refuse to be a slave to my work and be constantly working rather than enjoying my life in other ways as well. So if you struggle to get anywhere with your work and you feel like you're always stuck in the shallow pool of you know busy work and other people's priorities, this is a book that you want to read. Okay, so the fifth book is Getting Things Done by David Allen. 
and I'll pop a little picture of it here up on the screen because as I said, I only have it in Kindle form. This is a great book. Um, it's a very, very intense in-depth time management system, a very holistic time management system. If you really, you know, love, would love somebody to just give you an entire system on a platter, this is the book for you. I would just want to mention I've, the version I read is the revised 2015 edition. I think it was published originally in 2001. So the revised edition is the one that I'm referring to. And it's the one I recommend you read as well because it's been updated with a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. So I'm going to refer to my notes here. This book is broken up into three sections. So we've got number one is the art of getting things done. Part two is practicing stress-free productivity. How good does that sound? And part three is the power of the key principles. So in the first part, uh, he is really trying to teach you the theory behind this strategy. Like what is the, what is getting things done? It's abbreviated to GTD. There are like GTD devotees out there. Hi, if you're watching or listening to this, <laughs> who are, who incorporate this system. It's not for the faint of heart, as I said, but even if you don't want to incorporate the entire, um, rigorous system into your life, there's definitely some amazing takeaways from this book that things that I've taken away and that many other people have as well. Stuff you're probably familiar with because you've just heard people talk about it, but didn't realize it came from this book. So I'll share with you some of my key takeaways from this book. Um, open loops, this idea of open loops, I think is really, really powerful. Basically, you know, when you have a thought and it just won't leave you alone and it just keeps going round and round and round and round in your head and it's driving you insane, that's called an open loop. Our brains are problem solving machines. They want to solve the problem. If you have an idea or something, it will just, it'll keep coming up until you deal with it. Now, dealing with it, he talks about, okay, well, maybe you can't solve this problem right now. What you need to do is get it out of your head. In other words, you need to capture that idea somewhere so your brain can relax and go, ah, okay, thank you. I know that you're going to be able to deal with this later. You're not going to forget about it. Then it can let it go. And so that is kind of the basis of this entire strategy is getting those open loops closed, getting the ideas out of your head and putting them somewhere. And then it's the system of dealing with those ideas and how you actually action them and um, sort of prioritize them. The principle here is that your brain is for having ideas, not for storing ideas. So you want to be storing those ideas somewhere else. Now, the key here is that, sure, it's easy to store those ideas somewhere, but you have to review your storage system on a regular basis. Otherwise, you risk not ever doing any of these things. Like you're just sure you're writing them all down, but then you just chuck them, you know, somewhere and say it's a book, chuck it in the cupboard, whatever. And you never actually do any of these things. I mean, have you ever had this thing where you've like written something down in a journal and then five years later, you find the journal and go, wow, that was an amazing idea. And I did nothing about it. <laughs> I think we've probably all had that experience. I certainly know that I have. And it's funny how things just keep coming up over and over again until perhaps you action them in your life. So this is a system for capturing and actioning those ideas. Another great takeaway is this idea that if something's going to take you two minutes, you should do it now. Like don't procrastinate on it. Don't go, mm, maybe I'll do it later. Will it take two minutes or less? The two minute rule. If it will take two minutes or less and I've thought of it, let's just do it now. Get it out of the way and move on. Uh, it's funny because... Um, in Atomic Habits, James Clear has his own two-minute rule where he talks about this idea that you want to start a habit that takes you two minutes to do, and that will be the basis of everything else. So like you want to say you want to start running, your habit should be getting out of bed and putting your sneakers on in the morning. 
That's the habit. The habit is not going for the run. The habit is getting up and putting your sneakers on. Whatever happens after that, you know, chances are you're going to go for that run. So it's about starting those small little habits. And it's not the same thing, but I found it really interesting that they both have their own two-minute rules. So I love this idea also that anxiety is caused not by not getting things done. So you're not anxious because you haven't got things done. You're anxious because you promised yourself that you would get something done and then you've broken the promise. And every single time you break these promises to yourself, you end up feeling bad about yourself and this just compounds worse and worse and worse. And generally speaking, this has happened because you have overcommitted yourself to what you're actually capable of. Uh, so you have to kind of reassess what you're capable of and stop breaking these promises to yourself. And that way you will feel way better about your work. Another takeaway is the idea that you must take projects and break them down into action steps. You can't just go, I am going to launch this collection of jewelry in two weeks time. Okay, that's good. But what the hell does that mean? Like, what are the itty bitty little steps you need to take in order to make that happen? And there are lots of them. And the good thing about this sort of thing is that when you create these sort of systems, say you want to create a system for launching a new collection, say you launch a new collection six times a year, you only have to create the system once. And then every single time you do it, you just look at your document or your video or whatever it is, however you've captured the system, and you go through every single step. You're not reinventing the wheel every single time. Another takeaway, which I'm sure you've probably heard everybody say about when it comes to time management is a weekly review. So sitting down either at the beginning of the week or the end of the week, I prefer the end of the week. So you want to spend the time looking back on what you have done, planning forward to what you want to do in the future, and making sure that you're staying on task and on track with your goals and what you want to do with your business and your work. A quote that I love from this book is, your best thoughts about work won't happen while you're at work. Hello, hashtag shower thoughts, anyone? (laughs) It's always the way, isn't it? Man, usually for me, it's walking or when I'm about to fall asleep at night. That's the other favorite time my brain likes to come up with good ideas. I just write them down. Like I grab my phone, I open my Trello or my notes app and I put those ideas in the right place. I guess I kind of do a little bit of a version of this in that I use Trello to organize my thoughts and organize um, what I'm doing and what I'm working on. And that's, and I have I have a board for like every single part of my business. So I have a board for like YouTube ideas and uh, I have those split up into the different type of topics I cover on this channel. And so whenever I have an idea pop up, I literally go to the right Trello board and make a card with the idea. And so it's in the right place already. I don't have to then go trawling through stuff in different places in order to find the idea. So having a system like that is really helpful and powerful. So if you'd like a time management system that is holistic, very detailed, and really quite effective, then I definitely recommend checking out Getting Things Done. And that's it. I hope you got some inspiration here and maybe you're thinking about picking up one of these books. If you do, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Create and Thrive. Give me your feedback on this episode. Let me know if any of these books are your particular favorite or if I've inspired you to try one. And also let me know if there's other productivity books that you love i would love to hear about it send me a dm tell me about it Uh, also if there's like youtube channels or other podcasts that you really love that help you with productivity and time management hit me up and let me know about them as well i'm always looking for new things to read and new places and people to learn from and i just love to hear from you so that's at create and a n d 
create and thrive over on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I appreciate you spending this time with me today. Thank you so much for trusting me to help you out on your handmade business journey. I'll be back again soon with another episode and bye for now.